Spanish song that many people have covered. Woo, you talking about alligators? Alligania. <laughs> Getting them alligators on it. Malagania alligator. Alligator, alligator, I know what you chomp. Oh. All right, folks, that's uh, Trevor right there. Welcome to the Two Lonely Boys in a Canoe podcast. I'm Chris Evans, also known as Gravel Pits. Dolo Might. With me always is my cohort, my partner in limes. Me amigo. <laughs> partner in limes. And tacos. Partner in limes. Yeah, partner in limes. <laughs> or lawns or limes? Or lawns, both. limes. And sombreros. <laughs> the homie Trevor. I wish I had mine. Hey, about those. Orale, homes. Orale, USA. Now it's just Trevor Allstrom, a.k.a. Gorgeous George, among many other things. Gorgeous George. We're uh, we're welcoming you to the first week of summer. Summer solstice. In the summertime, when the summer is hot, you can shoot a cop and get away with it. When the summer is hot, people riot and there's things in the streets. (laughs) You're always happy and the cops are beating people in the streets. There you go. Da 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 Sleeping on a pillow made of concrete. <laughs> I call it even flow like a tampon thing, do uh, like Vagisil, but I call it even flow. It's a joke, buddy. My used to make fun of that song all the time. Ba 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 ba. Pancakes flow made of concrete. Yeah. <laughs> Just like rambling some shit. Welcome to the podcast, folks. It's great to be here again. I am really happy to be here with Trevor Sarah, today. Uh, summer solstice one. Yeah, summer summer's crazy right now, man. Summer just started, and it's literally been like wild. a day or two ago. Just started, yeah. Yeah. So. Yesterday it kicked in the door. Like, what the fuck is up, Boston Market? Ah! I'm like, oh shit. Nobody goes to Boston Market, Trevor. I know. It's a fictional place in your mind. They, I don't think they are a thing anymore. I think you're not a thing anymore. I think KFC has taken over the chicken game. Popeyes is just a, a branch off of the KFC and franchise. Churches is a more regional thing. You imagine if Popeyes was just like another company, a derivative of KFC Enterprises or I something? I wouldn't be surprised. It's like, we got chicken. What else do we got? That's it. Other but kinds you know of who chicken. loves chicken? Black people. And, and it's like, we'll sell it specifically to them. <laughs> and we'll sell them to white trash people. Well, here's a, here's a cool fun white fact about... trash. Yeah, here's a cool fun fact about Popeye's chicken. Yeah. They, they use that black spokeswoman. Love that chicken for Popeye's. it's an old white lady, old racist white well, lady. It, it's it. an old dude. It's an old dude. Like, really old time, like uh, 60s. You know, he's an older guy in his old 60s. Old enough. But he started Popeye's in, like, the 80s. And I guess it's... I don't know if it started in Louisiana. It's from the South. I know it's from yeah, the it South. Yeah, it says it's from Louisiana, but I don't know how true that is. It's but probably from the started South. started in the South. The dude came up with the chicken franchise. Black people love chicken. It's delicious. Everybody loves <laughs> Everybody chicken. Everybody loves chicken. <laughs> I love chicken. It's delicious. Chicken's amazing, man. Yeah. Fried chicken? Hell yeah. It's just but, a shame. But I love real. that they have to do... They have to play to the black community. They have to really let them know that their chicken is there, and it's not some old white colonel in a white suit selling you white meat. You know, <laughs> it's got to be a black lady with gospel singing behind her, yep. <laughs> selling you just the right chicken, baby. 
And let me ask you, don't don't forget Didn't about we the get rid of Aunt Jemima. Oh, we got her. And don't forget to ask about the cornbread. <laughs> Remember she would say that and be like, yep. oh, why did you have to say? We that? got our special wing and dingins, baby. If you ain't got them, you ain't gonna get them. And she's just real southern, and you're just like. All right, miss, you don't have to do that. And, like, they yell cut, and she's like, where's my tea? <laughs> she's British. <laughs> she's pretty hot, though. I'd, I'd bang the... I'd the love her chicken. Leg, if you know what I mean. I'm all about the dark meat, man. I'm all about them yeah. legs and thighs. I have a I have a, a piece of meat I'd be willing to share with her, if you know what I mean. No, elaborate. <laughs> my penis. That's not meat, Trevor. Well, I guess if you cook it up. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, here's a side note that, that goes on. I saw a documentary about how in Germany there was a gay cannibal that had been in the army. And he left the <laughs> army. And he he had written consent from this man to have <coughs> sex with him. And then for him to, <coughs> work, to be to die. And then he was allowing this cannibal to eat him. What, what you don't realize is that the dude wrote the note. <laughs> the dude wrote the suppose note. Suppose it was on the other guy, but where it gets really weird is as the guy was dying, the other guy was dying, the, the gay dude cut off the other guy's penis and cooked it in a fry pan and then started to eat it. And then when yeah. the guy, he tried to offer it to the other guy, he's like, you know, he's still alive and his penis cut off. And then he ended up dying. And then he ended up eating the body, and he kept portions of it in the freezer for long. I always love that Jeffrey Dahmer story where he drilled into that one dude's head. He's still alive, and and He's still alive, and it was to make him stupid. He was trying to give him a lobotomy, mm-hmm. and then the dude somehow escaped and went to the local convenience store head. and was bleeding and trying to tell the clerk that something was wrong, but his his motor malfunctions were all fucked up, so he couldn't speak. And then uh, Jeffrey Dahmer comes along as the gay boyfriend that's like, oh, no, he's just drunk and we were having a good time. He hit his head. I'm going to take him back to the house now. And the store owner's probably like, yeah, you should go help your friend. (laughs) Then he took him back and ate him. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The cops even even (coughs) talked to the cops. Yeah, she talked to the cops. The clerk is like, how am I supposed to know they're not gay lovers and that he doesn't just get off on having holes drilled in his head? He was a gay cannibal, though. Yeah. <coughs> is that is that the thing for gay cannibals to go straight for your dick? <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he's chewed on a few severed penises or, or had or some Rocky Mountain oysters that weren't from bowls. But Rocky Mountain high. I wonder if a girl has ever just bit down on a dude's dick. Yes. And I mean, like, completely tried to sever it off. Oh, I'm sure. I mean, there are chicks that... Because the dick, especially when it's, you know, fully erect, it's Babcock. all full of blood. But, uh, the... It was a tanning there was, there was the... There, there was a guy that had his dick cut off, and then he... The, uh, they found it and put it back on, and they became a porn star. No, that's, uh, Lorena Bobbitt. You're talking about the Lorena Bobbitt story and then with her husband. Was, there was a case in China where... A chick cut off the penis, but then of her boyfriend because he'd been cheating. But then yeah, she, but see, that's what I'm talking about. But, cut, cut versus bite. Let me finish. She cut it and then she threw it in the blender. Yeah. Anywho, so the, yeah. you're not getting what I'm trying to say. I'm though. sure. I've, I've. Have you? Okay. Like, like yes, the fact to woman. bite down, that would be the first initial thing. But you'd have to bite down with so much force to like sever it from the body. You know, you'd have to come down with some straight monkey chimp jaw. I have had a woman that was, she was really drunk and she was kind of chewing on it. No, but she was chewing on it, but no. But I mean, I had the dog that ripped open my right testicle because I had a dog, attack dog that ended up jumping me when I worked on a pot farm as a carpenter. And it How have I right never testicle. heard this story? You haven't heard this story. It's a true story. <laughs> this is a true story. All right. True story coming at you, folks. It's Trevor's a, life. <laughs> Okay, so when I lived in Humboldt County, not far from Murder Mountain in that area, I had I experienced some wild shit. And one of the stories, true story. How many aliens? How many aliens? Did you I see? actually have an alien story too. All right, we'll I get do to that later. We we'll get to that later. Yeah, I'm surprised you haven't asked some more Humboldt stories. I have some wild shit from when I lived down there. Because we're in Oregon growing weed, not in California growing weed. <laughs> NorCal is pretty close. Man. And we don't grow weed. We uh we, we we grow tomatoes and oregano, tons of tomatoes and oregano. 
and sometimes parsley because it's delicious. <laughs> but anyways, so uh, in Humboldt, when I was I was working on a girl that you know may have not been completely legal, and they might have still had some things they're working out. This is by it the was way, in the it was in the gray market. It was in the gray market. But this is before this is before it was recreationally legal in California. So it was there were a lot of illegal grows, but I didn't know how legal this grow was. This was a lot a, of illegal grows and a lot of illegal hoes. That's another ah. story that's another story too. Trevor's actually. like, I got a stack of stories, man. Did you open up a giant just, You want your can of worms now or tomorrow? You open up a giant can of worms. But I don't talk about Humboldt that much, but that shit was funny. Trevor's like I was abducted by aliens and forced. I do have an alien story. <laughs> I know, I you already you. said that. There. All right. Quick. Hold on one second, folks. I got a quick pause. Tell the alien story. Okay. Yeah. All right. So with with the with this story, I had uh, finished building a greenhouse. Well, we had finished building a greenhouse. We assembled it, and we used PVC, and we had to scrape this hill down. And they had to Now, was the greenhouse green at all? Uh, it was a little moldy. They were using older. They were using older material. I love that material. concept that greenhouses are really never green. They're usually white or something. <laughs> I have I have seen people that I've use seen a green green plastic. Like I've seen. No, it's smart. Th- th- it is makes it easier to blend in. No, it is. But this was a this was a clear plastic built over. We had made these hoops with PVC PVC pipe. hoops. Yeah, yeah, I know how greenhouses work. I know you're the expert. I did it a few times illegally. <laughs> I did illegally under the table, but we put it together, and then they had this. <laughs> Can you imagine you under a table building a really tiny greenhouse? He was doing it under the table. <laughs> big table, folks. Big table. Big table. <laughs> but uh, so so we need to put a giant fan, obviously, in there. So they, they wanted to frame up this thing. So I built a frame for it, and I had this. I had one of the one of the guys there, like the assistant guys. He helped me out frame it. And then we put this heavy fucking fan, like 200 plus pound fan, went up to a truck and we had four guys lift it up and we put it on there. Yeah. And fucking got it, got it set and got the fan working. Like, all right. And then we went, then we went down to like check with the, the owner, like, hey, what is, what do you want us to do next? The problem was, is it was by one of the, it was down by the main, he had these uh, container sheds where he kept all the tools and I was sleeping in this tool shed for a while because I had nowhere else to stay so I was literally living in this tool shed for a while and I it was it got cold as fuck nights but it was interesting because you'd wake up and there's just grow tools everywhere I, I lived out there for a couple weeks I'd live in a shack if I could have my own little spot yeah like make it my own I had my own little space in the shack and I had a radio and it would just play like the basic like rock and roll radio you get so, country you get rock and you yeah. get uh, Hispanic music you get Latino that, music that's pretty much what was out there I, I'd wait literally like at 7am I'd wake up to like Grateful Dead and then it'd be like Hendrix and then they'd like slip in some Sublime and, and shit were you lucky enough to have a girl working on the farm with you? briefly oh man it's always cool briefly. when there's a girl out there cause everyone's like but she was me first. Yeah, she was really hot, and she worked in the same CCC program I had. Mm-hmm. So we knew the same people. The problem was is she was really friendly towards me, and the boss, the grower, was was supposed. They were a couple, but she was really friendly towards me, and he didn't like that so much. So I guess he, you know, was. He's like, I'm getting rid of the competition, and by competition I mean her. He fires her, and he's like, Come on, Trevor, let's go. <laughs> no, 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 that's not how or it happened it, it at all. Or just shoots her, just <laughs> shoots her dead right there. He's like, there. I can't have you coming in between me and my new best friend. And it's like, <laughs> now come on, best friend. You're like, I barely know your name, dude. <laughs> but I met this guy in a, uh, in a, I was going to community college, I was doing construction work, and I was going to, I was going to community college from when I did fire, I had a scholarship for yeah. doing it. Yeah. Almost kind of like a GI Bill kind of, but for firefighters. And I was using that to take night classes I was taking a woodshop class. Problem is, they don't serve drinks in college. What I <laughs> what I did to get around that loophole is I would get off work and I would go into the get smashed I and then wander over to the college and then wander over to the the, the tool the the woodshop. But what I do is, uh, there was a bathroom usually in the library at the community college. I'd go into that bathroom and I'd usually slam a tall can or a forty real quick, and I would walk in. 
And they would just look at me and I'd be like, look, I did construction all day. Like, and here I am doing another four hour class after doing construction all day. And then it's another four hour class three times a week. Like that was a lot of shit. I used to work at this. Uh, Tired as fuck. I used to work at this gas station that was crazy busy. It was a 24 hour gas station. Uh, um, and it was right near Fort Lauderdale Can Beach. I get back to my story? Give me just one second to finish okay. this one. So what I used to do was walk into the cooler, and when I'd have to restock the cooler, I could lock the door. And so when I was restocking the cooler, there was one area where the camera didn't quite reach. So I'd go grab two 24-ounce lights, (laughs) and I'd shotgun or chug them down real quick, crush the cans, put them in my back pocket, and then when I was throwing out the trash later, just toss out the cans in the dumpster. <laughs> I like that. Just getting trashed while working. While you're taking out the trash. Trashed while trashing. Yeah. Call me the, the trash man. I'm the trash man. I'll just go in the ring and throw, throw garbage trash everywhere. Then I eat, eat it. it. Frank, that's disgusting. He's like, yeah. <laughs> I like that side note. But back to what I was saying, that's how we met. Is at the wood shop. He's like, hey, you seem like a cool guy. Go down energy. Like, all right. So uh, I was, I had, I had left. I had left the constru- I had left the construction job and then I went to work for this guy and the problem was it was still April and humble up in the mountains where I, where I was it's where the where the coastal mountains the ocean meet there's a lot of rain still like yeah. a lot of rain it's the redwood forest up there if you people don't realize in California there is rain it's yes. just kind of I was in the northwest in corner certain areas I was in the northwest corner just below Oregon if you know California it's it's weird oh. because it's like the north is like Oregon the middle is fucking desert, desert. <laughs> no California has a lot of different climates in yeah. it's a really big state similar to Florida yes really big. Except they have a mountain. They have more mountains. Yeah, Florida's That's a flat state. Yes. I'm from a real flat state. I'm from a real flat town, bud. I'm from a hilly town. So I'm weird. But the, uh, yeah, so. You gonna finish the story anytime this year yes. before I stop interrupting you every two seconds? All right, here we go. So I went to ask the boss what to do. The problem was, is as I was trying to ask him, there was fallen trees everywhere, which kind of obscured things like i was talking to him but there's a giant tree between him and i sure. and there's a generator going on which yeah. was running everything <laughs> so i was like hey boss so as it's going on apparently he had his 200 plus pound bull massive guard dog with him that was next to him that i didn't know was there and it didn't know i was there and we saw each other you spooked it i spooked the damn thing and the fucking thing immediately just football tackled me and immediately put my... I wasn't wearing a pair of shorts because my shorts had ripped doing work, so I got rid of them. And so I didn't think... I didn't think that I a would... A dog was going to bite yeah. you in the balls. So what happened, this thing... This giant dog went right for my nuts and then just bit down. Thank God it didn't shake. If yeah. it shook, I would have... You would have... No, no more Trevor balls. Yeah. That would have been a eunuch real quick. Or at least a <laughs> one ball. At least I would have landed Lance Armstrong that shit real quick. But, but anyways... So it just bit down, and then there was immediately, they had, there was three guys that saw what was going on, and I was trying to push the thing off. So between me pushing it, and then three other guys grabbing this thing off, and let go, and I staggered over to this little trailer to, like, check on myself, and then also look in the mirror to, like, see what, you know, see how I looked. And I, I had <laughs> to go blood. look down at your balls, man. Oh, fuck, that there must have hurt. There was a gap on my right testicle, <sighs> and on the... On there's the, on the tips, and there's tooth a marks. tooth mark that on the urethra, right next to the urethra. Ah, do you still have scars on your dick and balls? Slightly, there's like, little little holes. They're ah. light. But what happened? Well, what happened at that point is I'm I just like holding on I to my dick f- and balls right now, just like ah. I could feel myself going into shock because I've, I've been in shock before, yep. so I could t- I could yep. tell. And I told my buddy, I was like, "Hey, I'm going into shock right now." You need to get me to a hospital, and I threw him my keys. And I told the boss, like, I'm going to the hospital. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. He's yeah. like, all right, all right. Yeah. So immediately this... I Can't quite call the paramedics. Yeah, no, no, you couldn't. We were far out there. And this really good friend of mine... Not even that you're far out there. You're on an illegal farm. <laughs> but we were far out there. Like, we were, we were 40 miles off... Kind of airlifted you out. We were forty miles from there's hospital, and then from there it was ten miles of really steep mountainous roads that even four by fours had a hard time getting through. Like my truck. So you got barely made nuts. It. 
way your out. Your buddy drives the, you to the hospital. So on the way to the hospital, let me tell that story. On the way to the hospital. So many stories. Trevor's so chock full of stories. There was, on the way between the highway and his farm, there was a bunch of guard points because there was a bunch of legal farms out there. So there would be guys that would have little cattle gates and they would be standing there with AR-15s checking like who you are. So one guy's like, hey, what are you trying to get here in such a hurry? And my my buddy just looked at my balls and there's a giant red streak going across. So like, all right, all right, all right. And they just like <laughs> waved me through. And as this is going on, fucking Jim Croce was on Leroy Brown. And then, you know, where I was like, back meaner than a junkyard dog. And I was like, not now, God. If there is a God, not now. Like I was listening to a song about a mean dog and what just happened. And I was like, this is bullshit. And then my buddy handed me... <laughs> it's massive me, shit. <laughs> uh, but, but my buddy handed me a soda. He's like, drink this so I could be functional. Yeah. So, and sugar, I don't normally sugar. drink... As you know, I don't normally drink soda, but he had a bunch of sodas with me because he's a dude from Wisconsin that didn't drink or smoke, but he drank a shit ton of soda for some reason. He had a backpack of soda and just handed me sodas. That's pretty cool. No, he was awesome. He drove us out of there, got me to the hospital. I had a mushroom book that he just read and waited for me. Like, he was great. Had me 100%. But the problem was, is we so get what there... what do doctors tell you? So, so I first go in. Of course, it's a male guy at the ER. He's like, I need to look at you. And I want to be like... I asked, like, was there a female immediately? He's like, no. no. So he, so he checked it out, and he. I would have been more. I would have been more comfortable with the dude. Ah. Uh, I would have been like, yeah, you can see my dick and balls. There's no girls around right now, right? They're not gonna laugh at my deformed. Let me sack. get to that. Let me get to that. Trevor, you have so many. This to is get true. To. I know. So he looked at. It, he's like, all right, and then a bunch of Chinese schoolgirls walk by and they start giggling. Can I fucking tell the story? <laughs> You've been trying. So, I, so I'm in the room, and then the main doctor gets there, who's a woman. And there was three young nurses with taking notes. I said, why are they here? And they said, well, they're here to take notes. They're, they're nurses in training. And as she's looking up, I said, oh, my, this is the worst laceration I've seen in quite a while. They start giggling. And I'm there in pain. And they're just fucking taking notes and laughing, looking at my shredded ball. <laughs> I was fucking furious. I was ready to grab a knife and stab motherfuckers in the neck. I was so mad. They were just laughing. I was like, and she, and she literally, she said, yeah, I'm going to have a funny story next time I go out for, for dinner with my friends. So I was out I, with this young man, right? And his nutsack was ripped. Oh, she's like, yeah, this is the worst I've seen she's since like, I was. what you do to him, Betty? <laughs> well, that was another thing is they kept trying to get information. Like, well, what was the name of the guy's, the, 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 the guy, no, the they're net. trying to find out what happened. And yes. obviously you can't tell them. I was on an illegal farm and this giant yeah, dog. Yeah, so they were like, well, what's the name of the dog? Or what's the name of the owner? And I was like, his name's John. And that was his name. And that's all the info I gave him. I didn't have any other info. I was not about to give his info because I'm not stupid. And he, and, and yeah, and they were like, what's Trevor the name of the dog? Trevor lives by the jail code. He knows snitches get stitches. Uh, snitches, it. snitches go in ditches. The 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 pot farmers out there, they they especially. I mean, before it was legal, they it's did. It's not go called by Murder Mountain because there was a lot of not murders up there. No, there were people in that area that got murdered. Like that was the thing. So I wasn't trying to have that issue. So I just like gave them the basic <laughs> info. And then like, they kept pushing me for more. I was like, I, I can't. You know, I was I was going to shock. I don't remember, which kind of is the truth. So after all that happened, they they. Uh, ended up putting some stitches in me and then they sent me off and it was of course this creepy guy of a handle well, the lady did it the lady did it first and she was joking like oh this is the worst I've seen this guy t got attacked by a bear in Alaska then that night I had to go back to the pot farm and I had to go do 12 hour shifts the next day when I could barely walk and shit you didn't get to take a day off? no why? because he was like oh we gotta do it now like I could barely walk what were you having to do that you had to do so immediately? We were putting all... They had me help build little planter boxes, and then we were putting soil in there, and we were planting the plants. We were putting them in the soil. Yeah. Yeah, that is kind of a big day. Yeah. But I would have sat your ass in a seat somewhere and been like, you're just going to fucking pour soil, you know? Yeah. That's that's what I wish I had done, but no. Oh, man. No. So I was in... And it was on Easter, too, when this happened. It's happened on fucking Easter day, right on Easter. And... um yeah, hey, so Jesus Christ got sacrificed so your balls could live. Exactly. <laughs> but the, uh, the 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 chick who was the thing of the the owner, 
she felt bad for me, so she decided to, like, oh, wash your clothes and do this and that. And I was there for another couple weeks after that. But I left eventually because I had to get the stitches taken out. And he paid me he paid me a pretty pretty good chunk of cash. Like, for the time I was there, he paid me three oh, grand. Oh, man, he, he probably was he so happy he didn't try to fucking yeah. sue his ass or snitch yeah. on him. No, I told him, I was like, I don't roll that way. As long as it gets fixed, we're good. As long as you fucking throw me a couple extra hundred bucks, yeah, we dude, might that's fucking what be I told okay. Him. So he, you know, he, I, I got stitches I need to get yeah. taken out. So he and then I and then I had to talk to the, the they were trying to charge me when I ended up going to get my stitches taken out. Creepy dude in the handlebar mustache was trying to just talk to me. He's like, So what's going on with basketball? And this is creepy gay dude with a handlebar mustache just taking stitches out of my nuts. I've never focused on a ceiling star in my life. I was like, <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I just I want to get the fuck out of there. He's just, he was smiling the whole time. I was like, you were smiling way too much. I he had a giant like a Joker smile the entire time. Is it weird it that I kind of want to see your balls a little bit? Little gay. Little it's gay, a little Chris. gay. Little gay, Chris. But it's hilarious. Nothing wrong with that. Pride month. It's but, hilarious. But yeah. Because I'm just like, are his nuts normal or is there like a scar? I can still come. I can still come. It's I can Trevor. Still come. I'm not worried about you coming, man. I'm worried about some girl looking at your balls one day and being like, the I, fuck? I, I, there was, a, when I had to tell my, I had to tell this chick I was with one point, she's like, what happened? And I told her what happened. And the next time we were getting at it, she, she looked and, like, oh, okay. But yeah, she, Aww. but she had a crazy look on her face when I told her what happened. She's <laughs> like, oh my God. And you know. That's something girls never have to worry about no. is getting their pussy lips ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas, like, that's something you and I have to worry about. You just make a bad move one day. Dog bite your balls. <laughs> or a nail or, like, different, you know, shit happens. Near misses, man. Near, Near misses. misses. They happen. But, yeah, that was that story. That's pretty crazy. And, um, <laughs> yeah, you can tell the alien story another time if you yeah, want. We'll get to it. Yeah. <laughs> like well, I'm it. glad to hear that your balls are better and yeah. that uh, you're you're helping me and not helping some dude in Murder Mountain fucking doing some crazy shit. Uh, ending crazy thing is I talk, I end up getting... I they first, they're like, yeah, t- the, the hospitals, or they didn't have insurance, they didn't have a lot of money, and they're like, oh, yeah, 10 grand. I was like, no. And I ended up talking him down to 300, and I talked to the boss... He's like, yeah, and he left it under, he left an extra 300 under the mat for me to grab. The problem was that fucking dog was on the other side of the door, and it just came up right to the door and started barking, and I was like, fuck you, dog. And if there is a dog I would like to murder, it's that dog. And it's That name, dog's probably long dead. Hopefully. And it's, it's a huge dog. His name is Khaleesi, Khaleesi, named after the mother of dragons from goddamn <laughs> Game of Thrones. But it's crazy. He's a really good friend of mine I was friends with. He was, he was an, also a grower was in that Was this before area. Game of Thrones, or was the dog named while the show was big? Uh, the first season had just come out. Okay, so they named the dog. Yeah. But uh, another friend of mine also knew this guy, and he ended up getting the... And he had a large, massive dog who I found out was the daughter of the dog that bit me. Yeah. And he was a really good friend. So we found out that the daughter, that the... His the dog, uh, the mother, the mother had bit me. Oh, was it the, the mother? mother? Okay. She was this huge bitch. Yeah. Literally, huge bitch. <laughs> oh. Meanest dog I've ever met. But yeah. For for a little while, like, when dogs be aggressive, I would immediately just want to, like, all right, I have to kill this dog. Like, that was immediately, <laughs> my reaction was, like, I remember one time I was going down this neighborhood, that really shitty, cracked-out neighborhood going through, and then there was this big dog just barking, and I immediately was, like, I'm going to have to kill this dog. And the black dude was, like, hey, you got to, why are you fucking with my dog? I was, like, I have no problem, man. And the dude grabs his fucking chain. He's sitting on the porch, and he just grabs a chain. I was like, I'm just fucking walking, and I keep going. And as and I, I, this had just happened, I was like, God damn it. <laughs> so, yeah, good times. <laughs> I don't know if it's good times, uh, but yeah, no, interesting times, yeah. that's for sure. But anyways. I've never had my, I've never been like mauled or bitten by it's a not dog funny. really. Uh, it's not fun. There is a crazy story of Angelo. He was at this park that we all used to go to when we lived in Florida. And he was walking and somebody's dog got off the leash and started to attack him. Oh, well, they shit. used to park a cop car in the middle of the park to kind of deter uh, people from stealing. Yeah. So Angelo ran up to the cop car, you know, frantic while he's getting attacked. 
And he's like, help, help, help. There's nobody in the cop car. So it was just, you know, a staged cop car. So then he's like running around, getting chased by a dog. The owner's trying to get the dog. It just never ends up, you know, happening. Eventually, the dog uh, stops trying to attack him. He gets away. And the cop kind of comes back to his car. And he's like, what's going on over here? And it was trying to explain what happened, how he like beat on his car, hoping that somebody would help him. And he was like, yeah, we just parked that car there. <laughs> like he was, it was his car. But he's like, yeah, we just park here and, and go uh, patrol the, the plaza they probably They probably just go eat donuts and fucking... Didn't do anything. Yeah, bullshitting. Angelo tried to sue the woman and it just never went anywhere, you know? But... Crazy story. Did I've never he, been attacked by a dog, thank God. Did huh? Angelo get injured? Did he yeah, he got his arm bitten pretty bad. But uh, um, yeah. it wasn't that bad. You know, some, he, he, there's he, some Angelo, another thing Angelo I have in common. Dogs. dogs. Yeah, you guys need to stop pissing off dogs. <laughs> Playing footsie. No, I got big feet. Trevor's always trying to play footsie under the table, folks. It's folks, real weird. Folks, I wore a size 16 foot, so I have big feet. Yeah, that's great. Keep them to yourself. <laughs> stretch, bud. I had to stretch my toesy woesies. Alright, movie review, let's go. No way. Yep. Alright, movie review's awesome, so we can definitely get into that. Ooh, so I watched cool. a movie earlier today, and it was called uh, All I Can Say. It's a documentary that follows a group of crazy good young musicians that are getting big. Nice. You might have heard of them. Blind Melon. I've heard of them. Alright. They're from the Northwest. They're in Northwest. No, they're not. I thought they were. No. There's runs. From middle middle America, man. Like I, uh, uh, Ohio? Iowa, you mean? Something like that. They were from like uh, tractor country. Yeah, mm-hmm. A bunch of tractors and shit. So what the documentary is basically is a videotape uh, compilation. The main singer, Shannon Hoon of Blind Melon, he videotaped his life for like five years before he died. Crazy. Um, with a, just a home video camera. Because it was the 90s. Yeah. Yeah. So he videotaped from the point of him leaving his home in Iowa or whatever it was and going on his first tour and getting uh, big with their first hit. Um all I can say and it's a crazy watch of his demeanor because it's a lot of his home movies and his camera of the slow turn of these guys that were all really good musicians that got together started a band put out a number basically a number one hit went up to number seven on the charts um, and blew up way too fast so, Blind Melon was a group in the 90s that were all a part of the alternative grunge yeah, uh, metal I, scene. I remember them. Uh, hard rock scene. Uh, and they came out with a really dope song in like 94 or 93. They were grunge. They weren't hard rock. They were part of the alternative Well, scene. this is what the craziest part of this whole documentary shows is that they were on tour with like Alice in Chains and they were on tour yeah. with fucking... Uh, Nirvana, and they were on tour with all these really big, heavy grunge, grunge band. bands at the time. Yeah, and they were literally the newest group put together. Yeah, they went on tour with Soundgarden, and they opened for a Pearl bunch Jam, of. Probably. They opened for Neil Young. He he did oh. like a big thing. Um, Neil Young is considered the godfather of grunge, actually. Yeah. So what ends up happening is it documents Shannon Hoon and his bandmates getting big. Uh, their first year, how they wrote their first uh, hit single on their first album. Um, they blow up. He has this girlfriend that they got uh, together when they were in high school, uh, sweethearts, whatever. You know, they had been together for a long time. And it was a documentary showing a lot of how he was trying to stay sober. He had yeah. quit drinking before he got big, which was cool because he was a young man. He was only 28 when he died so he was really young and he was really uh, aware of his drug problems so he knew he had an issue uh, early on and he got help for it Uh, it was just crazy watching that spiral slowly over the next five years as he got bigger um, how their second album came out and how people thought they were only a one hit wonder 
because they only came out with that one big song at first. It was weird how MTV also made a big uh, a big thing about uh, Blind Melon. They basically uh, put a bunch of uh, alternative spins on the music video, and they tried to create... I guess they, they were trying to make the song uh, All I Can Say is much bigger than it was. Yeah. I think that the guys were just trying to put out really cool music, and people were reading into it way further than they needed to. There was a point where they were doing this interview with this really like hipster chick, and she was like, oh, it's so beautiful, you know, the little bumblebee girl, and she finds her bumblebees, and you can see him. He goes, I just think it's a story about a bee. You know? <laughs> he's, I like that. It's well, he's trying me. to be honest with him. He, he thinks that people are reading too much into it, and I think their, their single was so big that it kind of overshadowed anything that they were trying oh, to do musically. I can say it's not like singing in the rain. Yeah, yeah. that song. Um, so Blind Melon, for the next few years, spiraled. Uh, they had to cancel a European tour because they were going through drug rehab uh, stints, you know, the whole band pretty much. Uh, Shannon Hoon got back into drinking and doing heroin and it's a slow spiral to watch his life end. Uh, he has a child beautiful moment in the movie where his kid's born he's there with the video camera and his wife and you know everything's going great and it really shows him at maybe his happiest before he dies um had an overdose right he did die of an overdose he was he was a really troubled artist but he was a really good artist that i think given the right uh given the right atmosphere and the right time to become good creatively he could have rocked the whole world he was a great singer he was a great guitarist he was a really interesting uh dude but i think that he was kind of held back obviously by the drugs um maybe a little bit by his band he was uh probably the best musician in the band um but i think he was happy where he was with his group uh as the movie progressed though you could see him kind of getting at each other a little bit. It's more uh, the drug fueled arguments and stuff, being drunk and arguing. So you watch him go and get a few arrests. He gets uh, arrested for assault a few times. Uh, he's getting into fights. He's drinking. And it's a real sad turn because there's like points in the movie where you think, oh, the band's going to get it together, you know? But what ends up happening is like the last clip of the movie is him calling to get uh, an airplane uh, ordered or a flight ordered on an airplane earlier because he wants to get off the bus. He's talking to his, I think it's his friend or his wife about how um, he's not happy and how he needs to get off the bus. Uh, it's just, you know, too much for him. Mm-hmm. And the like last clip of the movie is him just going to take a nap, you know, and that was the last thing he recorded. Uh, he ended up dying on the tour bus, I think it was like a few hours later after that. So he probably got on the tour bus, got into some, to some smack, and then overdosed while on the bus. He became unconscious. You know? um, it was a really sad story, man, because it just goes to show, like, especially in the music industry, how much people are willing to push uh, fame and drugs on you just to kind of coattail mm. you know they're going to get paid but you got to make sure the artists are out on the stage they're at their shows that they're just fucked up enough that they can perform and not uh you know question some things um i think a lot of groups go through that where they're just trying to make good music or they're trying to be creative and do new things and come up with you know music that's going to help the world and there's a lot of evils in the music industry. There's a lot of people that are wanting to see you do great, but also see you fail. So when I think that it's a really interesting story about how drug use in the day to day, even for a, an artistic person, um, can ruin your life. Okay. You know, uh, he was a young dude that probably would have had a crazy good solo career once he got away from Blind Melon. But he never really got the opportunity. He died at 28. 
um, really young. Um, and it, it shows in the story how he's documenting certain things. He documents the L.A. riots when uh, all those cops got off. He was there for, when that happened? Well, he was in L.A. He was watching it on the TV. You know, he was in a different part of Los Angeles. Um, he documented... Okay. Yeah, he documented Kurt Cobain killing himself. You know, uh, somebody that it, they had done tours with. And a lot of uh, the newspapers, he had got the cover of Rolling Stone... Blind Melon was on the cover of Rolling Stone. That was huge. Um, that is a big deal. Then, humongous, yeah. man. The youngest band to ever be on Rolling Stone, you know, at that point. There's a song called Cover of the Rolling Stone that's a famous uh, rock song. Yeah, the parents were singing that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the parents were singing that to him. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. Um, he documented Kurt Cobain shooting himself. He uh, documented Jerry Garcia dying. Uh, he, he was, you know, talking to his kid, and he was talking about she's never going to be able to see the Grateful Dead, you know, because Jerry Garcia just died. So he was documenting a lot of musicians that had died. Jerry obviously died of natural causes. Kurt Cobain killed himself, um, but it, he documented a lot of his depression too. So you got to see how when he was younger, and when he was just starting out in the music career, he definitely had more to chase. And it gave him something to be hungry for. But once he got big and literally the world was at his feet, you know, that can scare a lot of people. And I think just like most people, when you have so many things moving around you, you tend to turn to something to alleviate the pain and the frustration. And for him, that was alcohol and, and you know, drugs. And I just see it so much in, in a lot of musicians and a lot of artists and a lot of people that... Hey. I like to drink and smoke, and I play play the music. Yeah, but yeah. you're not a troubled artist. You're you're more of a you're more of a guitar player. You know, you're not a musician that is gonna fucking start doing heroin. No, not anymore. Well, probably not anymore. And humble, I had my issues, but since I've been up here, much calmer. I've never been in a group. I've never been in a band like that, but I've struggled with alcoholism. Yeah. Uh, you know, singers, by the way, they are the drama queens, 100%. Well, that's great, but it doesn't mean that anybody's drug problems are any less. Yeah. You know, like, the whole group has drug problems of in course. this documentary. I'm sure and they do. It's R- hard. Orange is all about heroin and alcohol. Well, it's <laughs> hard to, to stop somebody from killing themselves. We see it a lot. The lead singer of Alice in Chains, fucking Kurt Cobain, all these people that are great artists that all died from overdoses or suicide, de- depression. Soundgarden, Chris Cornell recently. There's a yeah. ton of depression in rock and there's a ton of drug usage. And there's what actually- we need to do as people is fucking look at that and say it's an issue. Instead of forcing a drugged up person on stage to perform every show, every night, and saying, no, they'll be fine. That's the problem, is that Hollywood pushes these people so hard, do funny. so many shows, go to so many fucking places, not see your family, be away from everything. You know, the road isn't easy on people. That's why a lot of people don't do a ton of tours. You know, they'll it's go out rough. on tours every five years or something. Or for a baby, yeah, no, it's rough because you're traveling, you're dealing You're with constantly, stuff. you're in hotel rooms, you're away from people that you love, you're eating weird because you're on a bus, you're out of a gig, you're back in a hotel. Weird experiences, just crazy random shit that happens. You're fucking whores, you know, it, it's, random there's crazy. too many things that a person yeah. can be corrupted random by. Random crazy shit that just happens on the road. Yeah. Yeah. So my biggest issue is that when these people saw the warning signs, they did nothing. You know, this this kid could have lived. He definitely could. He was only 28. He could have lived. But because he was so big and he was into his music and he was doing his own things, nobody thought it would be great to uh, stop him. So, uh, out of 10, probably 10. 10 out of 10, I'd, I'd say everybody should watch that movie. It's called All You Can Say. All I Can Say. Yeah, all I can say is that my life is pretty plain. I like watching the puddles gather rain. Wow, yeah. Yeah. Now, great uh, documentary. I loved it. 10 out of 10 rolls of film. Please, everybody, check it out. So, a uh, quick thing that's related to overdose and drugs is I heard about this recently from my friend whose girlfriend is a nurse in training at the hospital right here across the street. 
the uh, Mercy Hospital. And uh, they they also talked about this too. I guess like back in the nineties, had the whole dare thing. <laughs> but I've heard this before a little bit. But supposedly it's controversial. But if someone's having a heart attack or having an overdose, one thing you can do is stick an ice cube up the rectum and lower their body core temperature enough that it can cause them to come out of like the overdose. I think this would be just the dumbest thing to do. <laughs> but there's a lot of risk to involve because you can get burned from ice and it can cause issues up the rectum. So, I guess you'd rather be alive with yeah. ice up your butt. But I think that that's not a real thing, Trevor. Yeah. I think that that's fucking witch science uh, magic <laughs> medicine. Probably. No, no. That's like some shit that they say to you so that when the paramedics arrive... They're like, why is his pants down? They're like, we shoved an ice cube up his ass to bring him back to life. <laughs> and they're like, what the fuck? Give me the, give me the fucking, uh, oh, what is it? Uh, the stuff that cures fentanyl. Oh, Narcan. Yeah, give me the Narcan. Narcan he gives him a yeah. shot of Narcan. He comes right out of it. And he goes, why is my asshole wet? That's <laughs> just blood and shit. You're just fucking weird. And you're thinking about shoving ice cubes up people's butts. <laughs> I think that's where it's going, dude. <laughs> If I wake up with a wet asshole, I'll know who did it. <laughs> Not gonna do that. <laughs> Anyways, yeah, that's bullshit. That was just a funny topic. It's bullshit. It was a funny, probably. A Don't go shoving fucking. Ice ow. Don't go shoving <laughs> ice cubes up people's butts, people. It's not cool. And I just hit my elbow. Ah, that hurt. That's a funny bone. <laughs> I just wanted to talk about some random and funny. Like ice, ice up the butt for saving people would be a funny. Trevor, there's no science that supports that. There's no science that supports that. No, it's. I don't recommend it. I recommend you go to a hospital. So why did you listen? Why did you not just call them on that immediately and be like, no? Because I was drunk and thought it was funny just to listen. Fuck that. Tell these people that they are psychos. Stop trying to shove ice up people's ass. You imagine they don't come out of it? They don't come out of it and they go, more ice. (laughs) They're just shoving more ice. Wait, it's not working. Dry ice. What? (laughs) It's got smoke falling out of somebody's butt. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Trevor, where's your album review at? So, you've been uh, you've been putting on this album review forever. All right, here we go. Force of a fucking ad. You need to pay for YouTube Premium. I'm going to become an ad for YouTube. Hey, Trevor, have you ever checked out YouTube Premium? You don't have to see any ads. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck off. All right, so the artist is called Little Rob. The album is called 1218 Part 1. And the song is called Summer Nights. And it is Chicano or Cholo rap. Little Rob? Is he he with his little cousin, Little Skippy? Little Skippy and uh, Little Chewy. Little Chewy and Little Tamales? Yeah. There you go. I'm feeling good. Feeling alright tonight. Feeling good on a Wednesday. It's all good in the neighborhood, homes. Feeling right. I feel good. I feel alright. Cruising through my neighborhood. I feel good. That's right. I feel good now. Trevor's trying to be so cool. There you go. He wants me to do something different. I I did something something different. different. You did do something way different, but that wasn't good. Neither was that fucking Post Malone song you played. That was trash. I didn't say anything. I was the first one to play some hip hop. And Trevor that wasn't good like hip hop. I like hip hop, no, but no, Post Malone no. was Trevor, not good. Trevor has a thing that was Post trash. Malone. He goes, he needs to not use so much auto tune. I agree. He should. Yeah, he you nice, agree with what you said. I he has a good voice. Do. He has a good voice. You drunk idiot. <laughs> yeah, I'm Chris. I'm Trevor. 
fuck off. Anyways. Trevor, you're just mad because you know that song wasn't as good as you thought it was. I'm playing something different. It wasn't bad. Oh, it wasn't the best. No, it now wasn't the best, but it, was, but it was it was something different. So for those hey, of you baby, that want... to talk to you on the neighborhood. <laughs> it's a Sunday, Wednesday. It's a Thursday. It's a summertime. Eat some tacos. Hey, baby, mm. you love me. I love you. I'm you the lowrider. Hey. Hey, you know, it's so cool, baby. <laughs> it's so cool, baby. It's so cool. I'm going to cheat Moran over here. I, I don't know what the fuck that was, Trevor, but that wasn't good music. That was some cholo rap. There you go. I'll pick Post Malone over that shit any day. I'd pick this over that. I bet you would. <laughs> and then, then we throw two parties. I'm like, I'm going to be playing Post Malone. Everyone's like, yeah. And then Trevor's like, I'm going to be playing Lil Rob. <laughs> Everyone's like, who the fuck I'd is have Lil all, Rob? I would have all the Mexicans over. No, like you I, wouldn't. Yes, I would. No, you wouldn't. Yes, I would. I'd be putting on fucking the best party, bro. You yeah. wouldn't even be invited. I would have all the trolls. No, of course I'd invite you. And you'd never Chris, show because your learned- party is so cool. I learned about this song from a guy that was These are the dynamics. Cholo. These are the dynamics of our relationship, folks. Is I pick on Trevor sometimes, and then he defends his position, and then I tell him why it's stupid, and he kind of folds a little bit. <laughs> and then I tell you to fuck off. And then I go, yeah, whatever, because I know he knows I'm right deep down. No, you're not right. You're not right, Chris. I'm so wrong that it's right. No, you're not an ice burn. No. What? It's not a thing. An ice burn? Ice burn. Anyways. So that's the album review. Trevor? Little Rob, 1218. If you uh, like it, there you go. How many albums out of albums is that? Uh, Since we're talking Vatos and Essays, we're talking like how many lowriders... How one out of ten. One out of ten lowriders. One out of ten lowriders. Yeah, one out of ten lowriders. Actually, there are some other songs that weren't bad. So show me another song that you like. Because okay. I didn't like that one. Okay. You get a second shot. All right, I appreciate that. That was too huggy feely for me. That's like baby girl summer days. You he, know how I'm he I had, play basketball. No, he has stuff that's like actual rap rap. All right, all right. Let's see something a little, little better. Because if I put on Post Malone's like candy paint. Versus a better song of his, it sounds ridiculous. Yeah, no, this is the candy paints. The song I just song. played you has been on the radio before. Okay, that's a that's a song that you hear on hip hop stations. Yeah, I don't right. like the radio too much. All right, so that's his radio hit, but that's not my favorite one. Radio hit, huh? Radio. <laughs> All right. Google helps. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Discover dining. That's the best part. The best part is that. The ads know when to frustrate you more. <laughs> What's up, homes? Is he from the Los Angeles show? From LA. Solo. Yeah, he's from LA. Buffo. High socks, shorts, and a long shirt. Long shorts, high, high socks. You gotta have the highest socks. Yeah. That's how you know you're a Vato. The, the higher the socks. The lower the shorts. Yeah. There you go. This is how he normally sounds. This is just, See, I like this a little bit better. Yeah. This is how he normally sounds. Because he sounds like... He sounds like a... Sounds like the 80s, 70s, like rap, a little bit. This is from the 90s. Yeah. He, he started in the 90s and then got big, like late 90s, early 2000s. I've never heard of him. He's big in the Mexican like, rap biggest song? Summer Nights, the first one. Yeah. And that's not his best one. That's like one of his worst ones, but that's what's got big for some reason. His other stuff, his other stuff is like this, where it's actually rap rap. Yeah, see, I like this a little better. Yeah. All right, little Rob, I'll give you two out of ten, man. Nah, his, his the rest of his album's actually not bad. I just don't think I'm a big fan, man. That's fine. But I I had guys that were trollos that would always play Little Rob, so I thought, well, something different. It is something different. I'll so give you that. If I have I have been to parties, Mexican parties, where they were playing Little Rob. So if I was playing Little Rob, I would have a bunch I've of been to Mexican parties where they play Mexican music. Yes. That's that's kind of how it works. Not always, though. Well, there's some, like, there's some hip-hop and there's some rap, but that's usually for the younger generation. Yes. 
that so I've been to parties where it's like f- uh, familial. So you got the grandma, you got the parents, you got yeah. the kids, you got you know the, like the, the youngest kids. Like, like the quinceañera is going off. Well, just hand. in general, when you have like a big family party, usually with the Latins and shit, everybody's there. So they're playing music for everybody. It's not just for the for the, the teenagers. But I mean, if you put that on, your dad's not gonna be like, "Ooh, that's some good little Rob." So that's what I'm trying to say, is that's that I've they, been to different parties. But there you go. Now I'm gonna probably uh, we'll wrap it up here. Well, we still got some time. We can kill a little bit longer. We can run the episode a little long. You don't have to worry about time so much, Trevor. Time is what you make of it. Oh. You know, you're, you got all these topics and all these stories. You took the first half of the podcast telling the story because I kept interrupting you. All right, so you want to hear the UFO story? You need to find a way to do better uh, better short stories. I know. Your stories get 45 minutes long to get to A and B. And it's it, not even like we stopped along at C and D as we were well, getting there. Well, getting stoned and drunk, too, which doesn't Yeah, help. which doesn't help, but you need to find a way to be like, I was on Murder Mountain. I was sitting there talking to my boss. As I was talking to my boss, his dog got spooked. Bit me in the nuts. Once he bit me in the nuts, I told him I was going to the hospital. I went to the hospital. There are these hot girls there. They decided to sit in on my uh, surgery. While they were sitting there, they were giggling, which is pissing me off. (laughs) Something along those lines. And that was, you know, a minute. (laughs) That's a story, bruh. Alright, bruh. Alright, bruh. What else you got? You talking about aliens now. All right, I'll give you the, the quick summary. I had uh, been Cliff fi- notes, not paragraphs. <laughs> so I was in the forest. There was a fucking alien. I shot that motherfucker and ran out. <laughs> the end. I wish, no. I had... I had been fired and had been kicked out of the place I was living at when I did the, the, the forestry thing. Okay. And I went... Live a buddy of mine down in Murder Mountain... And we get out there in the hills, and as it's November, as I get out there, uh, these these clouds all of a sudden swoop in, and it's raining, and I'm, I'm out in the hills with the redwoods not far away. And as, as I get out, and the clouds are going off, all of a sudden the clouds burst, or they spread, they, they move apart, and this fucking bright light jumps up from the hills. This bright, and I saw this, this bright, like, disliked shape was there and it hovered and moved around real quick and then it dropped and then the clouds immediately came back in and then all the coyotes around started to howl and go off and I asked my buddy hey have you seen that happen before he said yes uh, I saw this happen when I was a kid once so I guess that's sometimes just weird shit happens yeah I hear that I got a pretty funny story I was in Florida with some buddies out in Angelo's uh, backyard in his mom's house we were smoking weed with his uncle. And we were sitting there passing a blunt around and there's something burning in the sky in the background. Ooh. Like way up there. Like so small that it's an ember of a dot, but you can see it's on fire. Something's up with it. And we're all staring at it. And I'm like, what the fuck is this thing? Because it's going across the sky like an airplane would. You know, it's kind of horizontal. Yeah. So at a point, it just stops. And we all see it just stop. That's weird. Just and we're like, what the fuck? But we're all stoned, so we're kind of like, I don't know, maybe we're just fucking high. I was sober when I saw what I saw. I was <laughs> so, sober, but yes. So this yeah. is what's funny, though. After it stopped, it started going again a little bit further. And then we were just like, what is this thing doing? Because it's possible that maybe instead of going this way, it came this way. And that's why we couldn't see it moving uh, uh, horizontally. But then... It stopped, started going horizontally again, and then slowly fell to the earth. So I don't know anything that moves like that unless it's an airplane that's been on fire for 20 minutes. Or some just some crazy military aircraft you don't know about. I mean... It's possible, but I mean, what could sustain flight for being on fire for 20 minutes? Because we were standing out there burning a blunt. We were there for a minute. We were 45 minutes or so. <laughs> we were watching this for half the time we were out there, almost 30 minutes. It's crazy. I don't know what, what, what it was, but it was just something that stoners see. You know? yeah. You're out on your mountain stoned. You're like, what the fuck is that? The, the problem is I was completely sober when I saw what oh. I saw. But 
Yeah. No, when you're stoned, you do things, obviously, a little weird. I think why that movie uh, hit me so hard today was because uh, I really... I really resonate and relate to the story of drug addiction. <laughs> Just because I've had to deal with alcohol problems my whole life. And I know it's not as hard of a drug, but man, alcohol oh, fucks be. up so many people and it's just like it's it, it was the original the thing. Real gateway drug to everything else. Well, and also it was the original thing that humankind had issues with. Before heroin and meth and all that. Any of it. Before anything. Alcohol. Alcohol was the original thing, and it does kill you if you drink too much. It will kill you, and yes, it's just culturally more accepted. And that's why I think it's more dangerous, because more people get off of work, go grab a beer, and then it's fine. You know, it's all gravy. But then you have a smaller percent of the population that can't handle it. You know, and that go overboard or drive drunk and kill somebody. Yeah, and they have to like drink a. They have to like, hey, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna I have a handle it. of rum real quick. Dude, I was doing yeah. it for years. You saw me better yeah. than anybody, and and that was something when I was drinking that I was kind of glad my family didn't come around, like my parents didn't show up. Yeah. Because they wouldn't have been able to see anything but the twenty liquor bottles in my room. You know, they yeah. would have been like, Chris, what's going on? And I would have been like, Oh, this is normal drinking. Uh, we had a party, yeah. No, I had a no, party. I would have lied, but yeah, no, and I was getting really good at lying to people about how bad my drinking had gotten because I didn't want to admit it either. I had that issue too where when I was drinking liquor that I would underplay like to my family and everyone how much I was drinking. Because you don't want to let people know that you might have a problem because yeah. then they there's a weird turn that people take where they say, well, maybe we should keep alcohol away from you, and maybe you can't be around alcohol. And and that's a weirder turn to take than saying, well, maybe you should pump the brakes, you know? Yeah. Um, People will tend to be like, all right, cold turkey, and you're like, whoa, I need that to cope with life. Well, and, and that's the issue that I had for a long time is I got so good at uh, lying to people, and I got so good at um, just not giving a shit when I was drunk that, like, I didn't care if it offended you. I, I didn't care if I drove drunk. I didn't give a fuck I was if that, I... Yeah, I was that way too. And it was, like, like the, the mentality of an alcoholic is so destructive, but it's so accepted culturally that you just think that everybody's getting smashed and going to work or everybody's getting smashed and going to a kid's birthday party or... Anything. You, you know, and it, it's, it's such a downward... It's such a slow spiraling drug. You know, and so like Randy Marsh, but I thought this is America. Yeah. And he's drunk at the kids' fucking Little League game. game. Yeah. yeah. And but I was like, yeah, it's, it's Randy being Randy. Because it's satire, but it's so true that, you know, fathers and mothers go to these games, these soccer matches, baseball, whatever. They just got know. off work and they had to. Or, do- or they're on their day off and they're yeah. just trying to drink, you know, which, you know, more power to you if you'd like to drink, you know, but you're at a kid's baseball game, you're at a kid's soccer game, maybe. Pause or don't drink. Or, or be discreet a, about it. Well, have a really small amount, you know. Have a beer or two. Don't go fucking crazy. Um, but there is a point in the movie, in the documentary, where uh, Shannon was talking about how he broke his sobriety for 11 months. He was like, you know, I was in Los Angeles and um, I started drinking again. And, and you could see how he was disappointed in himself. And I was thinking about drinking today. I was like, I'm not, you know, planning on doing much. I was going to go to the store earlier, but that didn't even happen. You know, and I deal with that on the day-to-day now because I'm trying to stay sober. That, like, that creepy thought of, like, yeah, you can probably go buy a small bottle. Yeah. And it's just such a... It can turn out so bad if you start doing it again. Yes. And that's what I watched in this documentary was someone like myself who's just talented. You know, we're both very talented people. We're very kind. We're nice. You know, we try yeah. to do these things that we feel don't hurt other people but hurt ourselves. And in turn, I think we don't realize we do hurt our relationships with people sometimes. Because in the documentary, there was a lot of people calling to check in on them. You know, answerings on the answering machine. Yeah. And he wasn't picking up the phone for a lot of them because he was off doing drugs and he was off doing other shit. And then you you hear back the messages read in bulk, uh, and it's just people trying to check in on him. 
It's his girlfriend. It's his parents. It's his friends. You know, people that were his uh, bandmates that had gotten out of rehab recently. They were trying to make sure he's okay. You know, making big changes and his world just moves so quickly, man. And I feel like that can happen to anybody. Yeah. You get caught up in your life. You start moving such at a such a fast pace. Before you know it, man, you got a major drug problem, and there's not a lot of light at the end of that. You know, there is, but immediately, it's going to take a lot of work. And I feel like the people that were around him, bro, they just didn't give a fuck. They didn't give a shit about the band. You know, they didn't give a fuck about these people's lives. When he died, he had a newborn uh, daughter less than a year, or a little over a year, maybe. So, you know, he died and left that little girl behind, his wife. Yeah. It's pretty rough shit, man. Um, great documentary. We should watch that afterwards, man. I think you'd like it. I just have a name for the episode. We're talking about aliens and uh, alcoholics. How about Aliens Anonymous? Sure. I like it. Episode 17, Aliens Anonymous. All right, man. That's it for us, folks. You want to play us out real quick, Trevor? Yeah. A little longer episode, but man, we did good on this one. We ain't run out of nothing to talk about. We didn't even get to electric inner tubes. No, we didn't. (laughs) We'll do that next time. We'll get at you next time. This is Two Lonely Boys in a Canoe. Oh, mate. Always, always a pleasure. Chris and Trevor. Later.